0: Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 144. And today we're talking the qualities of high-end WordPress hosting. And I'll let my panel introduce themselves, uh, starting with AJ Morris. Who are you, AJ,
1: and what do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm AJ Morris. I'm the product manager for Managed WordPress Hosting at Liquid Web. Uh, been in, been in, in and around WordPress since 2006. Started up as a developer and and led a web team uh, for a few years. And now I'm doing product management. Very good, Jackie. Who are you?
2: I'm Jackie D'Elia, and I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I run a web development and design business here and focusing on seo wordpress and content strategy
0: very good and jonathan my beloved co-host
3: um, I'm, the found, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance support company for businesses, but we also support um, WordPress consultants, designers, and de- agencies. Um, if you've got some problems, you've got a project with a deadline, and you need some quality help to get it finished, call on us. We're, we're dependable and well-known in the WordPress community. Excellent. And I am John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design.
0: I help blue-collar businesses uh, with their WordPress sites, specifically with WooCommerce and local SEO. Before we get into today's main topic, we have a couple of WordPress news stories. Uh, Number one is uh, it looks like WordCamp US is going to be hosted in Nashville, for the next two years uh aj how do you feel about uh that pick
1: uh you know i was in nashville a couple of years ago for um new year's and uh, it was it was actually a fun time i uh, enjoyed enjoyed the scene so i'm looking forward to you know trying out a new city uh seeing what that's like it's it's been a while since i've actually been to a word camp nashville itself um, the one thing I was hoping that they were actually going to do is switch uh, months. Uh, December is just kind of a rough, rough time to do a, a Word Camp US.
0: No, I, I think winter is really tough, and and being you know uh, wedged in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, and Jackie, I want to ask too. Uh, one of, one of the things uh, that was suggested is they were kind of more flexible with the schedule. Uh, one of the other cities that was in contention was Denver. And they said there was only two weekends, uh, available for all of 2017. And this was like last year. Uh, you know, what's, what's your thoughts about making the schedule more flexible?
2: Uh, let me ask you, I haven't read that it was going to be in December next year. Is that <laughs> confirmed now that it's for Nashville? It will be in December.
0: Um, I'm thinking that it is. Yeah. If I remember what I'm just read, I have to open it back up, but, uh, I think we're surmising that really, but I've got the... Yeah, I'm
2: hoping that they don't do that. I think that, um, and I think based on the location that you're choosing should kind of determine what time of year maybe you want to have that event. And, you know, in some place like Nashville, a great time would be, you know, early fall or, you know, late spring or things like that when it would be really favourable weather and easy for people to travel. I'm not going to Philadelphia this year because I just don't want to travel in the winter and fly it to Philadelphia because you never know what the weather's going to be like. You book everything and you have no clue. So, no, I could drive to Nashville. It's about a six-hour drive for me, so it's not... Um, Bad, but I don't necessarily think I'd want to go in December if I'm going to drive as well because it's very mountainous to get from Charlotte over to Nashville. So the driving is great if the weather's good. If it isn't, you're you know you're in trouble. So I think they should not do it in December. That's my opinion.
0: Um, I'm actually confirming this too. Uh, Word Camp 2017 is going to be uh, from Friday. Uh, December 1st to Sunday December 3rd so uh, Jonathan what are your thoughts on this selection
3: well it's a little bit uh, more <laughs> I'm sorry um, I'm, I'm a rotter I? Um, uh, it's a little bit uh, more appealing Nashville in December but um, I, I still think it'd be better off moved to a different month really Um but it's their gig, isn't it, John? Um, you know, uh, right? But,
2: and you can decide whether or not you want to go. If I choose not to go, it's, it's my choice.
3: Maybe it's a test how really committed you are to WordPress. Maybe, that, maybe that's <laughs> actually <laughs> maybe that's finding out who are the real supporters than those well, that just want to...
2: I don't know about that, you guys, but you know, for me, for my business, I'm focused on maybe spending time where my clients are versus. Um, how much time I want to spend with other WordPress consultants. I mean, it's great. I love the networking and I like sharing um, and learning and talking from with them. But I'm also focused on, okay, for 2017, my goal is to spend time where I might find clients to work with.
0: Yeah. No, I, that's an excellent point.
3: Yeah. So basically I, I think, you know, personally myself, um, I think, you know, I, like I said to you John I thought one of the interesting points of the piece in the tavern was that Denver um, which you know I love Denver you know it's one of my favorite American cities um, they just couldn't um, they just couldn't um, compete because the window there was no the, the convention centers that they approached didn't have any availability in that time slot so so I think if they really do mean to move around which is the the um, the stated plan, I, I think they do really have to um, be a bit more flexible about the dates. Um, I and- think
2: months of May and October are ideal. <laughs>
3: Oh, uh, not go. October! Not October.
0: Well, <laughs> okay. actually, no. Take take October because uh, we just moved WordPress Sacramento to May. So yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> go Don't take October now. April,
2: May, by by your October, John. September, October, April, May are great times because yeah. typically wherever you pick, the weather is going to be pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yep. so you, you better write to Matt Jackie and say you're interfering. I'm in, sure I don't
2: have any say in that whatsoever. I'm sure
3: he replied to your letter, Jackie, if it's nice, hardwood, <laughs> Right, but no, and uh, uh, you know, and yeah, more flexibility in the dates um, would mean more people could compete to host it, which was the whole point of moving it around, was it not?
0: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely They're you know two years in each spot so that they they can get a feel for doing it and then moving it around kind of like how you see the Super Bowl or Wrestlemania they move it around kind of like east do you, you
3: think, think that would be, be a good mixture yeah. wouldn't it John WordPress with WrestleMedia, whatever it's called that would be a good right, right. that would be a great combination wouldn't it snap <laughs> Slap, yeah, sure, why slap why those <laughs> developers sure. down smack them down
2: Hey, Before we move on to, to the next topic, I just right. wonder how much that time period of having it in December might influence how many people decide to go to regional WordCamps versus the U.S. WordCamp. And I know for me, I'm thinking more about if I'm going to go to a WordCamp, maybe go to Asheville's WordCamp or, you know, Raleigh-Durham's WordCamp or something like that where um, you can get a different flavor of everything too. So that, that's another option. And like if I lived where you guys live, Sacramento, that'd be awesome to be able to go yeah. to that one. And there's a, and Miami supposedly is a really fun one to go to. Everybody yeah. I've talked to said, go it's, to WordCamp Miami. And so that anywhere. might be the one I choose to go to.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, to play devil's advocate on, on saying why they, they probably have kept it in December is also because you look at the regional uh, conferences right in there. They typically start, you know, sometime in February and they go all the way to November. And so when you look at a word camp U.S., where do you really fit it in? Do you try to fit it in January when nobody really wants to travel and they want kind of the year off? Or do you put it in somewhere between a U.S. holiday where it's between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas? So I, you know, I get their side of it. Um, you know, and obviously you also have WordCamp Europe to be in contention with as well, right? And that's I think in June uh this next year in twenty seventeen. So um I get it, you know, um as as somebody that frequents WordCamps, I think I've been to forty in the last uh, twelve to eighteen months now. Wow. Um I would Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're telling me. I'd like it to just be something a little better, uh to to work with with my schedule a little bit better. So maybe it's it's just me being uh um you know, a bit optimistic that that I can have December as a month off uh, in travel.
0: Now, excellent points, all. Uh, we're going to move on to our second WordPress news story, which is the .dot blog bait and switch. Um, you know, the author of this, they uh, you, when Automatic announced that they had the rights to uh, sell domains using the .dot blog. Uh, top-level domain, Uh, this person signed up for uh, uh, a domain, which you need to uh, spend 220 for the application fee, uh, 30 for the domain registration, and uh, then it may or may not go to auction. Uh, But basically what happened with this is uh, he was told that his domain wasn't available and they refunded his money Uh, and it was just uh, it was a little misleading perhaps and he was just pointing out like you know uh, maybe like follow... To follow the rules, like of, of what you said you were going to do, or make it more clear to to uh, the people signing up for this domain. Uh, Aj, did you? I don't know if you had a chance to read this article,
1: but but any thoughts on on the .dot blog? Uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's interesting. I've been watching it for a while because obviously I want I want my own .dot blog, and and actually I, I look at it, was able to get all of my family uh, registered. Um, and, and today it only was $30 a year and I didn't have to pay the 220, uh, reservation fee or whatever they called, called the fee in, in uh, Chris's article. Um, but you know, I look at it from the fact that they have, you know, invested 19 million into that top level domain and, and they're going to want to make their money back. Automatic is, is, uh, you know, a business first. And, and so they're, they're obviously going to look at, you know, how do they get their money back, um. One of the things that, that we look at when we, you know, we, we offer uh, domains through through uh, Liquid Web, and so um, I also get their their point of of not wanting to constantly update all the other domain registers out there with with these uh, reserved or, or kind of pre-registered names, um, and, and you know I'm sure that Automatic, being the the company that bought dot blog, open it up to their employees um, and, and some of their investors as kind of a, Hey, here's your, here's your chance to get this domain first. And, and if they did do that, you know, good, good for them. I think that's kind of a perk you get uh, when, when you're such a large company like that um, and able to, to invest that money. Definitely. Any, any thoughts on this, Jackie?
2: I'm curious. AJ said he didn't have to pay a application fee. Was that, did they change their mind later and, and not decide to charge that?
1: I think it's because I'm uh we're at, we're on the 19th and it opens up on the 21st anybody to be able to buy them so I'm I'm assuming that it's just that um we're just so close that they're they're not doing that that registration
2: Okay yeah um my my thoughts on it first of all I don't think I would ever pay 225 dollars as the application fee for domain name. first of all honestly The way the web has changed and .com is just not the primary one that's used. I mean, there's very, there's a lot of successful businesses that are not using .com for their domain name. And it seems like it's just less important going forward. So yeah, .blog sounds great and everything, but I don't think it should cost anything more than any of these others cost. And uh, the $30 is very reasonable. I think that's fine. I, I don't see any issue with that. I just saw an issue with, uh, the fee, the application fee, and then maybe just things weren't as clear and upfront in the beginning about what would and wouldn't be available. If you, uh, if you pay your fee and you register, you should get an answer back like right away. Well, sorry, that one you picked is not going to be available instead of waiting, uh, however long they waited before they found out it wasn't going to be available. So I'm sure it was just, I don't think it was anything deliberate. And I totally think if they spent the money to buy the rights to do that, and they wanted to issue those out to people in their organization first, then there's that's free enterprise. Why, why shouldn't they be able to do that?
0: Uh, That's, you know, that's true. They're a business and, you know, they paid the money for the rights to sell that top level domain. So you know, their sandbox, their rules. Jonathan, any thoughts on this article?
3: Um, uh, uh, I, I thought it was a bit of a balls up when it comes to automatic. You know, if I was um, one of the um, um, directors, one of the uh, senior managers, if I was the senior manager in, um, that had set that up, I'd probably be looking at a different position at the present I don't think maybe the ceo would uh you know maybe you know fam- family issues you know you're under pressure john you know you might consider moving to another position john you know you know um it just wasn't really st- i don't think it's been the um the best run the best moment of automatics corporate history the way it was all done um Understandable, they, you know, um, obviously they've got no experience, you know, they probably haven't got direct experience in that area, so they've been learning to be fair. Um, also, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that in on the internet's been probably trying to buy multiple domains, which they're going to f- attempt to flip straight away. So probably they're probably trying to re, um, reduce that you know because really you know you know that you can see that you know probably people have been trying to buy thousands i don't know you know i've never been one of these types that's bought hundreds of domains but i know people that do you know um it's it's becomes a sickness as far as i'm concerned i know one guy that owns 500 domain names uh, um, um you know me, <laughs> you know, him, John. Uh um, no,
0: definitely um, not. D- that that is a sickness like people owning like a million domain names and then doing nothing with it
3: you know, not yeah like, you know, yeah they're...
1: i've had 500 before
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow are you uh, did you join uh, um, a domain that... That anonymous and try to overcome it aj morris have you got therapy for it
1: no no <laughs> i uh, i've just weeded them out after after not selling them after a couple of years i decided i didn't really want to keep paying for them if i wasn't going to use them for anything so so nice. i've i've narrowed down much uh whittled, whittled down i guess so to speak so you're the a recovery
3: domain purchaser yeah yeah you
1: know i will say i did sell i did flip a few for uh you know much much more than i paid for them. so so uh, i have sometimes to say i'm in right. the
2: same boat i've done the same thing and i've had two that i've sold that were very Lucrative to sell, and they kind of justified, I guess, buying all the other ones that I did back then.
3: Yeah, it's all coming out, <laughs> folks. We got we got a couple of domain name junkies here that, that are in re- recovery. But at least they got the at least they got the courage to admit their sickness, folks. But there we go. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm ill and I need help. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. but that's oh, my man. take on it, John. It was. Um, yeah, I understand the reasons, but I don't I don't think by reading the piece, I don't think it's been the most um high point of automatic's corporate, you know, um career so far, do you, John?
0: Uh bottom line, like if if you're applying for a dot blog domain, you might be able to get it for two hundred and fifty, or you might have to spend four figures or more to to get your domain. That's that's basically what I'm getting. Um, you you don't know like how much it's going to cost yeah. in, mm-hmm. until it's all done. Uh, I want to move on to our third yeah. WordPress news story, and this one just rapid fire. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this yeah. one. But, uh, up the Upvato backup service. Uh, oh, 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 can I go first?
2: No, go ahead.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> I, I know, finish saying it.
0: plan to relaunch on a new provider, Jackie. Take the wheel. Jackie's getting excited. This is just a
2: good example of never put all your eggs in one basket. It's uh I'm I got burned once years ago where I lost some valuable data. And it took me, I don't know, a couple of months to recover from that. So I'm I'm one of those persons that learned the hard way that when you went to restore your backup tape, and this was a tape back then, and the tape didn't work. You really didn't have a lot of other options left after that. And this was before there was a cloud backup or anything else. So to this day, like anybody who knows me, they all laugh because they know I have a cloud backup. They know I have a NAS server that backs everything up from my Mac uh, while I'm working during the day. And they know that in my safe, I have another copy of a time machine backup that I alternate because If I come home and everything's gone, at least what's in the safe will get me back to where I was, you know, at the last time I backed it up. So my point about all of this is, is just that it's a good idea to have multiple backups and don't assume that if you have one backup service that, and that you assume it's working, number one, and that you'll assume you'll have access to it. So um, make sure you protect yourself and have multiple backups in different places.
1: Definitely
0: chickadee check yourself before you wreck yourself. AJ, any thoughts on this article? Did you? I don't know if you had a chance to read.
1: You know, I I read it, and it was actually the first time I've heard of of Envato. So it was kind of an interesting thing because I purchased a lot of of uh, you know random music clips or or uh, PowerPoint slide decks from from Envato itself, and so. Um, you know, not having to save them myself, I thought, hey, this would be a really great thing. So to hear, hear the situations that they're coming into, I think um, it just it shines a light into anybody that's wanting to look at be, be building a SaaS product, right? Is you really have to um, form a relationship with with whatever provider you're going to have, whether it's the hosting company, a backup provider, um, you know, anybody that's doing anything on the net these days. You, As Jackie said, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, And if you do, you want to make sure that there's multiple redundancies. Um, And and I think this is just a case of of not doing due diligence on the part of of, of Votto um, and making sure that that the provider that they chose was, was going to be there for the long run. I think
0: that's an excellent point, what you're saying about establishing a, a business relationship with the company that you're relying on. And because it sounds like maybe there wasn't a as solid a relationship there as there could have been, um, because it, like the author said, um, he, uh, you know, maybe there is some personal stuff going on in his life. There is some some, you know, things that were more important in the business and uh he didn't see the two emails and they just deleted it and i think if you if he had had like a stronger relationship with that um backup company you know maybe that wouldn't have been the case so Jonathan, yeah, I mean,
1: that's, that's one of my things, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's one of my things that I do when I, when I'm doing due diligence from a, uh, building a SaaS product is, is, you know, if you're building from the ground up and, and you want to kind of keep your, your personal income separate from the business, sometimes you, you have to ask those tough questions and it's not a, a matter of, of, um, You know, asking, asking, you know, how, how does the the process look if I can't pay the bill this month, but you have to ask it, right? Because you need to know, hey, are they going to cut me off in, in two days? Or do I get a grace period? I know that when I, I go buy a car, at least here in the States. Um I, I buy a car and, and I've got like a fifteen day grace period because of the mail, right? The US postage service it could get lost, it could could take a you know wrong turn and all of a sudden it takes a little bit longer to get to, to where it needs to go to pay the bill. But they're not they're not sending the repo man after me after two days. And so when when I say relationship, you really have to, to do that due diligence and really ask those questions because you know had he asked the, those questions to that, that backup provider that should have been a red alarm, red flag or, or alarm bells just ringing saying, don't go here because man, they're just going to email you and, and then cut you loose.
0: Excellent. Jonathan, any thoughts on this?
3: Yeah. Just to say that, um, Brian Jackson, uh, panel, uh, was supposed to be joining us, but he has actually emailed me. His car is broken down. <laughs> he's, in the oh, wow. he's in the process of thinking a flat tire, uh, um, oh, so he might be joining. That's a legitimate excuse. <laughs> so yeah. He might be joining us if he can sort out his car problems. Uh, um, He'll be so on the road. That sounds a bit of a nightmare Saturday to me. Uh, um, secondly, um, I totally agree with um, AJ. Uh, you know, um, it's a fantastic advertisement because he actually seems really cool service Uh, um, and i'm actually gonna look at it uh um and it is free um but um yeah but i think (laughs) it's a it's a bit like the the story around automatic and and um uh, you know i can see you know basically i think when it is a you know you had personal problems but i think i would have had that on automatic payment myself uh um, and secondly i agree with aj you know um that they, they, they do not sound a fantastic backup company when they cut you out after they sent you two emails and then you're finished uh
0: um, um well i mean to be to, to be fair it sounds like he missed paying his payment on time yeah but but again you know it's uh he he probably should have had that on automatic payment. I, I do agree with
3: that. Yeah, but we we've, uh, we've all had these little mistakes, yeah. haven't we? You know, I, I forgot <laughs> to um update my um certificate for WP tonic. And uh, but I kind of I d kinda I kinda straight away did it. You know, uh, you you tend to um No, but um the the other reason just to finish John and then we go on the main topic why I included right. it is that um well I wanted to discuss with Brian and with AJ about backup about how this is dealt by hosting companies. Um my position on it might be a little bit different to AJ's we'll see how it goes but uh, I just thought it was an interesting story to bring up around backup really. Uh,
0: excellent. Uh we're going to go to our break and then we're going to come back with our main topic which is talking about high end WordPress hosting and and uh WordPress hosting at scale. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area. I know the best CRS real estate broker and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at
0: karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. We're coming back from our break and we're talking with our regular panel and our special guest, AJ Morris, about our main topic, which is high end WordPress hosting, uh, the first thing i want to ask is aj you know what is the advantage of of having a managed wordpress host versus just regular you know 5 or 10 dollar hosting
1: so, I guess the the question, um, you know, for me becomes: Do you want somebody uh, when when you're looking for a hosting provider? As I kind of mentioned in, in the the first half, you know, really you want to form a relationship with your host um, or, or provider, whatever that provider is, right? Backup host. Um, and and what I look for, especially when I'm when you're doing WordPress, is, is do you want somebody that's going to know how to solve. Um, uh, myriad uh, amounts of problems, right? Uh, just a ton of problems, or do you want them solely focused on what you're doing for your business, right? If your business, um, you know, John, you do a lot with WordPress um, and WooCommerce. And so do so you want somebody that's, that's going to be Understanding those types of issues as it comes as it relates to hosting, or do you want somebody that's kind of a oh well I know how to set up a web server and I can try to to, to pluck around at things and, and get it to work for you? Um, you know that's the kind of thing I look at um, as as number one. The second one being, uh, what type of management structure do you want? Right? Do you want to do you want to play system administrator for a server, or do you want to as a as a agency or developer? Do you want to get back to doing what you're in business for, and that's building the website and and being able to work with a client, um, you know, and, and being able to answer those two questions, I think, gives you the answer that you typically want a managed WordPress host uh, to be able to provide um, some sense of security and stability for for your business.
0: Nah, excellent. Uh, I want to ask Jackie, you, you know, with your experience with WordPress hosting, what what are the differences that you see from you know, like a cheap host to like a more expensive managed WordPress host?
2: The biggest difference I see is support. I think that's probably where you run into the most issues. Uh, When you have a very inexpensive host, things are fine as long as things are fine. And when they're not, when there's a problem, uh, it can take a lot longer to resolve. I've had several issues with clients that were on very low end hosting and, had a problem and it becomes uh, a very expensive process as far as time goes for support, especially if they have to bring me into the mix to help them resolve it. That can be a challenge. Uh, What I typically do with clients is evaluate, you know, what's their risk factor for their, this particular website. And like, like AJ was just saying about John and working with WooCommerce. If I have a client that's got a WooCommerce site, that's going to be really dependent on uptime and, getting resolved issues that come up, especially with SSL and getting everything set up properly. I'm much more um, inclined to refer a managed host and a higher end managed host for those. If I've got somebody that wants just a blog for them, personal blog, that is not going to be a big driver for getting a managed WordPress host for them. And I think you have to evaluate what the risks are for a specific client and what their needs are. But, I think as you grow, as a business grows, going with a managed WordPress host makes a lot more sense. I think, and trying to, and if you're an agency or you're a consultant that's working with a lot of clients, trying to migrate everybody to one place or one, having a relationship with a host makes a lot of sense because it's going to make it easier for you to interface and Um, provide the support for your clients without, uh, for me, what's really frustrating is having to jump around to a lot of different hosts to do things. And then there's the factor of how much time is it going to take me to learn the process of how to do something in this specific host versus another one. So I typically, you know, have three that I work with and that's it. So if a client doesn't want one of those three, then I'm not working on that project. That's just how it goes for me.
0: Jonathan have have you had that experience too where uh you know people want to stay on a really garbage host and you're like nope can't do it <laughs> how how do you move people to a good host basically
3: uh, we can't be dictatorial, really, because we're a support company. Um, what we try—I used to be a little bit, you know. I'm not a great fan of Go Daddy. I publicly stated that, haven't I, for various reasons. Yep. Um, and I won't be a fan for a very long time. They're never going to be sponsoring the show ever, <laughs> Um as far as I'm involved with it. Um, if I leave the show, I leave that to you, John. Uh, um, um, but they're never going to be a sponsor of WP Tonic, that's for sure, uh, if I'm involved with it. Uh, um, um, uh, sorry, sorry, folks. I love you. I love you at Go daddy. as people. Uh, get back to subject, Jonathan. No. Um, we can't really what we what we try and do is we try and build up some relationship with the client um if if after we've built a relationship we we try and say you know you you, you know it's going to be quicker you're it's going to you know all these factors and they don't listen they're probably not going to stay with us long they're not going to be a long-term client with us anyway uh, that's what i've found that Um, they leave WP Tonic after a while because they just don't listen about anything Um, but we try and build that relationship and we say you know, um, I've just noticed with Liquid Web, one of the features I really liked about Liquid Web, I've just um, been reading up this morning is that um, with your um, dedicated WordPress you you do give the option of it integrating with cPanel which I, I really think is a nice little touch because um, some, some some of the providers have a very, very custom interface. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but some of them are not intuitive. Um, and it, it takes us a lot of <coughs> time just to work out. And the, normally, the key thing that you want control over that they won't let you you've got to rid them up, and that's oh even gosh. more time. And it just goes on and on and on. So, um, um, the other thing I, I was gonna say is I love um sometime is you know for AJ you know, WP engine ever come you know, they kind of dominate dominated this sector through marketing are very good services and i know that um could web have you know have had changes with their company structure i just wondered if they're gonna really um go into the same marketplace or they have plans to go into the same marketplace as wp engine And i don't know if aj's prepared to discuss that or, or whatever oh
1: i can always discuss that <laughs> <laughs> um you know We, you know, I, so I started, uh, at Liquid Web last August, um, to give you a little bit of history of Liquid Web, uh, Liquid Web was purchased, uh, last July by a private equity firm, Madison Dearborn Partners, and they brought in in an entire new executive team. And one of the, the things that, that we kind of found out during due diligence, which is, which is a process that a company goes to when you are looking to be acquired, um, they uh they found that that over 51% of of our server instances were running multiple versions of wordpress um and when you looked at, at how people were actually going about installing wordpress it was super hard, difficult um we had many steps throughout the process and so we were like hey we really need to make this better and so um luckily they they found me in in the kind of the backwood uh Liquid Web's headquarters. And so they said, hey, you want to come run a product over here instead of uh, run your web team? And I said, sure, why not? Um, the first product that we built is actually what you're talking about, and, and it's just making um, an iteration on cPanel. And so we we primed the, the gate a little bit by actually uh, making cPanel uh, run really efficient for WordPress, and then and then using cPanel's own APIs, we kind of made it easier for a customer to go in and install WordPress through. <laughs> Through our management interface, so you still have access to all the cPanel features, but instead of having to go in and create a cPanel account and then install WordPress, you know, manually or, or using something like Softaculous, we do all that work for you. Um, and we also provide free SSLs, so you've you've got the the option to then, uh, you know, create a, a WooCommerce site or, or some sort of a um, you know site that takes payments, or or, or even if you just want uh, the SSL because Google's now ranking. Um, in, in matter of SEO, uh, SSL sites or HTTPS sites, better. Uh, we, we then kind of took a look at that, and we we, we surveyed the the market and the, the landscape, and we said, "Hey, you know, this is great, and this will this will help um, you know make our existing customers and customers that want to have cPanel and kind of have root access to a server. But what about all the customers that are like, hey, you know what? I just want to manage." Um, my sites. I don't want to have to worry about, um, you know, how do I configure a server or, or don't give me too much access because if you give me too much access, I'm bound to, to mess something up. And so that's where we started going with our, our new managed WordPress product. Um, that, that features a dashboard and a, an intuitive dashboard, hopefully much more intuitive uh, Jonathan than uh, WP engine is uh, in, in your eyes. And so um, we're, we're going there and, and uh, quickly uh, scaling up to uh, provide a, a platform that's, that's redundant. Um, it's not a single server um, instance, but it's also scalable. So you can, you can have a, a personal site beyond the, the platform or, uh, you know, a site that that gets millions of page views a month, and and the the platform will scale uh, according to the the site's demands.
3: Yeah, I think that's great, um, AJ. But um, I actually didn't mean um, I, um, WP Engine when it comes to the interface. I think I think it's quite good. There was some. There's some other um, dedicated WordPress hosting providers that got a very custom interface that uh, aren't so well worked out. And, <laughs> Just the other the other factor that I would say a g that really um, kind of controls the developer market why they go to WP engine is is the you know the redundancy and also the the flexible staging site that um, functionality they provide mm-hmm. like, are you planning to go down that route where you provide kind of staging um, website functionality and some of the other factors.
1: Yeah, so our our um, our managed WordPress product. Uh, if you go to liquidweb.com slash WordPress, uh, that product actually features uh, staging sites as, as kind of a feature. So it'll it'll pull down uh, your live site. Um, you can you can test whatever, whatever plugins you have, uh, any theme updates, um, and then right now you can't actually. Push that, bang because the the problem typically with that is is that when you've created a staging site, your client has actually went and you know maybe created a, a new page or a new blog post, and all of a sudden your databases are out of sync. So we're looking at at a way um, to to really solve that problem uh, for for our customers.
3: Yeah, thanks for that.
0: Intriguing. I, I know that you mentioned you guys uh, offer free SSL certificates.
1: Uh, is that yeah. through Let's Encrypt or is that through your own? Or uh, so depends on which which um, product. In, in kind of the cPanel world, we use um, GlobalSign SSL. Uh, that's that's who we we use as an SSL provider, um, and so we we provide those free of charge per per site in in kind of our cPanel. Um, Manage WordPress product in in our kind of um, what we've we've internally been calling our, our managed WordPress dashboard, um, which we're we're working on a, a much better name for um, that product. We actually use uh, Let's Encrypt to, to register those domains. Yep. Or, Got uh, a question, uh,
2: oh. John?
0: Can oh, you yeah, use
2: ahead. Let's Encrypt with WooCommerce just to clear up the misconceptions that some people have about whether or not that that a let's encrypt SSL is good enough to use for e-commerce.
0: It's good enough to use. And I actually, I have like one client that, that because of who they're on with the host, the same problem, it's not a very great host, but they have something that's probably like even worse than like less let's encrypt and it still works. <laughs> I mean, the let's encrypt is definitely good enough to, to work with WooCommerce. So yeah, really. real.
3: I, um, I personally would not at the present moment would not, recommend that I'm slightly different to John on this yeah, I'm not well. saying I recommend it I'm no just saying- no yeah that's true Damn. yeah um, I think it's a great I think it Jackie I think it's a it looks very promising it's a great product great team we're probably trying maybe in the new year get them on um, the show um, but at the present moment I personally would uh, if it was established e-commerce I would be looking at a slightly more um I'm trying to find the right words here. Um, uh, Credible. Well, credible kind of of, kind of has indications that they they. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm um, not saying that.
0: Okay, pay for it. Pay for your license.
3: Yeah, I would want a, a slight, you know, a paid, you know, SSL certificate that has a slightly longer track record that. Shall we leave it at that, John? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean... So, so let's, let's my... pose this question. Uh, C-Panel, um, I believe, is now starting to do uh, free Komodo SSLs, I think, if I ever... SSLs and those being free. It, does, it
3: definitely needs a bit of a shake-up because the, the uh, present situation with the whole thing is a bit clumsy, to say the least, because um, I've had i've had a bit i've had a, a few of those recently where i had to get certificates installed and some have been easy and some haven't depending on the hosting company and all sorts of factors aj so it definitely needs uh, <laughs> definitely needs to be made a little bit easier in my opinion um the other thing i was going to ask jackie actually is um and uh, is. um I was listening to a podcast um, by Lee Jackson. It had actually um, Brian J- um, Brian Jackson, our panel member, on it, and they were talking um, that. Um, and we get this ourselves. Is a lot of clients want us to actually manage their hosting for them. They they really don't want. Um, but we are very reluctant to do it because we don't want to. We don't want them calling us 24 <laughs> hours a day because their website is down. And um, Brian was saying with his hosting company that he works for, they're they're going to provide a, a interface where it will be like flywheel, maybe uh, where you can set up multiple accounts and those accounts are paid by the client. But you you have uh, admin rights, so you can uh, you have one panel, and you can see all these separate clients, and you can still do mm-hmm. things with the client without actually um, being paying for every client. If you understand what I mean, Jackie? Do you get a lot of people that still want you to really manage yes, the hosting?
2: I think that's a good idea. WP Engine has that. I mean, I am, I guess they have a way to do a technical, you're the technical contact. And so when I log into WP Engine, I see all of my client sites in a dropdown so that I can choose to which one to go to do work on. So yes, I like that idea. I I agree with you whether or not I want to provide the hosting. I think it's (laughs) When you're providing the services and you're doing the build out of a site or you are maintaining the site for a client, um, I think there's better ways still to be found on how to handle it all. It's still very manual process and it's difficult. I mean, the big challenges I have first off is getting a client to go sign up for a hosting. And it almost makes me wish that, you know, I was hosting it for them and I could just have a block of uh, of sites available and let them just um, rent it from me every month. It is, it, it is painful. It it is, is yeah. painful,
3: isn't it? It Jackie? is difficult.
2: They, they, invariably they'll not go to the right one or they won't sign up for the right one that I, that I laid, you know, laid it all out in an email and said, here's where you go, here's what you sign up for. <laughs> and then come to find out they didn't do it or they get confused on the options that they're supposed to pick. Like, so that's where something for me like WP Engine makes it helpful because they can just go sign up for the base thing and then I can go in and, you know, add some other things for them. But it's still very clunky to me. The whole process is is, is not as easy for clients. And they're, it's almost like you're starting to expect them to be like system administrators for you. And they're just like, what. Why is this so difficult? Why is it? And it is, it is. And and Flywheel has done a very good job of allowing you to set everything up yourself. And then your client just goes to a place to log in and put in their, their billing information, and it transfers over to them. And I like that flexibility. So they're another one of the ones that are on my list so, of, approved, uh, AJ, of approved hosting companies.
3: So, AJ, are you looking at that those kind of features as well?
1: yeah those are those are always things that we're uh, looking to to get feedback on from customers and and on uh, and as, as we we get into this space uh, one of the things that we really wanted to take um, and, and, and I think this is probably the easier way uh, is is look at customers um, you know our customers that are our agencies or developers you know web web professionals so to speak uh, that are that are want to to that right maybe they um you know offer a maintenance plan or or some sort of a maintenance agreement um that includes dev hours and updating plugins and themes and and such and so they want to give um you know kind of a a, a white labeled experience or or a, a a white glove experience to their clients and so that's that's where we went first is is really trying to target those customers and then as we we really get the um you know the, their features kind of set in stone and and uh, at least understood then we can start to take a look at the the issues that Jackie presents cuz those are those are valid concerns and and, and valid problems that um, you know, that she has that I've experienced as a freelancer that I'm sure we've all experienced with, you know, working with a client where it's like, okay, go buy, go buy from X, And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to buy. Where am I? Where am I going? What's what's it looked at? You know, how do I how do I add all the things that I need when you should just be able to do it for them? Um, and so so it's a it's a unique challenge to solve. And, and it's great to see um, some people starting to, to do that already.
2: That's also falls right into the plugin market as well, because premium plugins is another whole clunky area where it is very <laughs> difficult to manage for clients and it seems ripe for some disruption or easier way to do that. It's you either you're either getting a developer's license and letting clients use your developer license for some plugins and then or you are instructing clients, go here, go purchase a license, and then I'll install the license for you. And invariably, again, you're left with, hopefully they're going to pick the right one when they get to that page. They're they're not going to get confused. And a lot of times things get lost in translation and emails. And that's another whole process of Making sure, you know, when you're talking to clients that they're aware that these things have annual renewals, that they understand, you know, that they need to keep that maintained if they want to keep the integrity of their site. And those are all just challenges in managing uh, that part. And I think for the most part, most clients don't really want to deal with those things at that level of detail. I think they're, they'd be much happier if they said, I'd like to host my website, you take care of it. <laughs> What's my bill? What's the <laughs> amount I owe this year?
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I think the whole licensing, we've discussed that, Jackie, and it, there is no simple answer, um, I, I uh, i don't know if it oh hopefully the situation will improve but the things you pointed out are totally um out there and it is a bit of a nightmare i think shall we john shall we go for our second break yeah. and then come back and and um maybe t- when we come back talk about HTTP 2 and all that business with
0: yeah definitely uh we're going to head to our last break and then when we come back we're going to be talking more with aj morris from liquid web see you in a minute We're back from our break and we're talking with AJ Morris of liquid web. One thing I wanted to ask AJ is how is HTTP two going to change the way that hosting companies deal with server configuration, if at all?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things that, uh, our biggest challenges that a hosting company has is is making sure that um you know servers are are updated um to, to in, in, incorporate those those latest changes and so um, with with HTTP 2, it's it's actually pretty easy um, once once you're up to a certain version of of Apache or Nginx, um, the Apache side it's just it's just uh, enabling mod uh, HTTP 2, I believe is what it's called, and then uh, for Nginx it's it's just adding a you know accepts uh, HTTP 2, and all of a sudden um, your web servers start to work. Uh, the the bigger problem is you know making sure that um there's there's no at least in the wordpress space there's there's not really a lot that you have to do uh to set things up it just works right um that's that's the kind of the beauty of http2 um outside of the wordpress world you know i'm not sure uh those those are areas that i've i've not um you know, I don't have a lot of knowledge in anymore. I used to be a Rails programmer years ago, um, and I knew that there was always sorts of different tools and and libraries that you had to enable inside of your application to accept some of the, the things that the Nginx would do. And so, um, you know, it's it's put possible that, that hosts can't just quickly implement it. I think the, the managed WordPress hosts, um, you know, have the unique opportunity that they can just start enabling it. Um, and, and you can see... Uh, some gains there. Um, some of the performance testing that we've been doing um, as we look to to incorporate it into our managed WordPress offering uh, is really trying to see what the advantages and disadvantages are uh, with using that with and without a CDN because ultimately a CDN is going to be a better solution for you, uh, right? A CDN is going to have Uh, Your your static files uh, hopefully at a server that's closer to each customer, and so um, you know I think that's there's there's a a mix here that that as a as a host um, you know we're going to have to figure out what's best and then kind of set that up for for all of our customers from there on out.
0: Very good, that leads up into a follow up question I want to ask you as well. You know we've talked a lot about page speed, you know, and why it's important, and and why you know hosting companies like pay attention to you doing well uh, with, you know, performance and the hosting stats, you know, just touch on really quick, uh, like why page speed is important. And how would, how should customers uh, look at performance stats, like when evaluating a hosting company?
1: Yeah, so, so one thing um, that I would I would say, and, and this isn't necessarily speaking from a host, um, but speaking from, uh, you know, somebody that that has done massive amounts of research um, in trying to partner uh, with a host when I was doing freelance. Um, and this is, you use the tools that you have out there to do the to the analysis yourself. And so uh, one of the tools that I I constantly recommend people to use is, is gtmetrics.com. Um, it, it's going to be a kind of the best tool out there um, to, to analyze, and 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 when you start to do that, you have to really look at at what your websites are. Right? Are they, um, you know, is it something that's like like a personal blog? Uh, is it an e-commerce site? Um, because no site is is going to be the same, and uh, and then when you you've kind of narrowed that down, uh, w- the things I look at are become. Become I I typically pick three hosts and so I'll I'll start out at you know maybe a host I've, I'm currently on um, and and maybe two hosts that I'm thinking of moving to if I if if for some reason I was was having some sort of a problem at my existing host um, and and uh, what I do is is I take a, a backup of the site uh, and I put it on each host and then I analyze it using GT metrics. This gives me. Um, a situation that that's my own, right? Um, and and then I can start to to analyze, you know, what GT metrics gives you. Um, a lot of the hosts will sit here and say, "Oh, yeah, we load in in you know uh, five hundred milliseconds or." uh, 1.2 seconds or whatever, but uh, typically that's, that's just the default WordPress install. Right. And that's a, what a theme, you know, everybody uses the same theme and, uh, what one, one blog post these days with a couple of comments and a, and a sample page and, and there's, it's a lot of text, right. But if, but if I've got a, a personal blogger that maybe is a travel, you know, they write a travel blog and they're posting, you know, five to 10 images, um, you know post that's going to have a different experience and so i really need to use something like gt metrics uh, i think webpage tools or webpage speed test or something like that.com is is another one to use um, but but those are those are tools that you have to use and you have to experience that yourself because otherwise um, you, you're going to blindly uh, move over to a host that says hey they're uh, you know half a second faster than than who you're on already And you're, you know, you're going to get your site there and then it's slower than what it was before. And you're like, why? You know, you have to, you have to weigh out all of, all of the things that you have in your site to, to really be effective.
0: Very good. Jackie, you know, how how do you, uh, you know, evaluate, you know, these different like performance tests? Sometimes we see like these roundup articles where they're comparing like 20 web hosts and, them through these stress tests, you know how how did you come to decide like uh, to host with you know whoever you're on right now?
2: Uh, right now, my site is on SiteGround, mm-hmm. and I did that because they ranked very high in most of the performance tests that i that I've read about. so they and they've consistently been a good host for me. I haven't had any issues with it. I think the big challenge initially with SSL was, everybody that got SSL early on started noticing their sites were a lot slower with SSL. And that was a deterrent from wanting to get SSL unless you absolutely needed it. Like if you were going to do an e-commerce site, you needed it. But I didn't move my site to SSL until recently this year because the the speed issues aren't there anymore. So they somehow that's gone away and I don't understand the magic of what they did, but things seem to work faster now. And I think the other thing to be mindful of is with um, the concatenation of everything. So we, originally, we were encouraged, and especially if you go to GT Metrics or you go to Tools, got pinged them, and you're, you know, and that's where your clients would be going. They're going to get their website, and they're going to go run it. And they're going to go, oh, I'm getting, you know, Cs and Ds, or there's a problem, and um, some of these. Um, where they're mentioning, you know, you need to concatenate everything. They may not be taking into account right now that you might be running on HTTP2 with an SSL and having those individual requests may not be such a penalty as they were when you were not on HTTP2. So that's something to be thinking about. And I'm definitely trying to work on doing more adaptive things where maybe I don't need to load a 3600 line style sheet For um, a group of pages, where maybe breaking up your style sheet into several ones and loading them as they're needed for different um, page groups is a better way to go. You're definitely, you know, reduce the amount of stuff that you're downloading. But I think things are changing in the future. So the way that we were thinking about having to concatenate everything and try to cram everything into one file and download this one big file may not be the optimal thing to do going forward in the future. Now that you have HTTP two.
0: Now that's excellent point. And and definitely there are going to be like some best practices that, that do change once HTTP two is everywhere, because as you said um, you're not going to be before we were saying like, you know, you want to concatenate everything, put it all in one big file But now you're not going to have as many issues with that parallel download, uh, if I understand the spec correctly. Uh, So that definitely will change some things.
2: Yeah, especially with JavaScript, too, because you, you know, we've been encouraged to put all of our JavaScript into one thing, and it may be downloaded for every single page, whether it's needed or not.
3: Yeah.
0: Jonathan, I want to ask you, you know, uh, when when you're looking at, like, hosting companies, Mm -hmm. what, you know, What do you look at when it comes to security? You know, what things make you feel better about going with a host when it comes to, you know, how they take care of security?
3: Well, I think when it comes to security, unless you're going with a very small, you know, and I I don't want this to sound disparaging, you know, there's some really small players that are excellent But there are also a lot of small players that aren't. So you really, you got really somebody you never heard of. They could be just a reseller. There's nothing even wrong with that, is there? It's just you need to know what's going on, basically. But um, as a slightly uh, around this area, you know, if it's if it's a small company, a small player. In all, honestly, I can't recommend uh, a hosting provider that's part of EIG. Um, I just cannot. You know, um, I I know one of the biggest that's still a very big play in WordPress is part of the EIG group, but my experience, I in honestly, I cannot recommend them, Um, um, and I won't, and I've, I won't recommend GoDaddy. I use them um, for their um, domain hosting ability, but as an actual WordPress hosting company, I can't recommend GoDaddy. If you're looking at the lower end of the market, the two that I will recommend clients to, but it's on the lower end, is SiteGround. Um, I like Jackie. I've used them for a long time. I, I don't use them now for my own personal sites, John. But I, um, but for the price point for what they offer, um, I think they're quite good value. They're not perfect, but in that range, you you know you get what you pay for, and they offer some good packages. And it's been proven by the results. When third parties had looked at these packages um the results the the other one is in um in hosting motion um, not perfect in any way, but it's a credible company that's been around a long time um, I have some problems with their ticketing system, which I think is really clunky, which they've not sorted out and don't seem in any time shortly the actual ticketing system with site ground is much more preferable than within motion hosting it it's a total mess but the quality of the people if you do have to ring them in general you get a, uh, a more quality support individual in in motion hosting, they're pretty good. SiteGround never used to offer it, but I think now they are offering telephone support now. Um, but then the middle ground—that's where it gets interesting, doesn't it, John? Um, mm-hmm. I um, I got nothing. I think WP Engine have done a fantastic job. The only thing is, I think the WordPress development community is—it can be a bit sheepish. And they just, you know, you're not going to get into trouble by recommending WP uh, Engine. Um, So uh, um, I I resent that a little bit because I think there are some alternatives um, that are trying to get a a better value. uh, I believe in competition, really, John. Um, But that's where the that's why I thought I'd have AJ on. And hopefully Brian would have been able to join us because it's a really interesting area that that's very dynamic at the present moment, isn't it, John?
0: Not for real. I want to ask AJ one more question before we end the regular podcast and go into the bonus content. And, you know, that is, you know, with Liquid Web, you guys are very focused on being a host for agencies and, you know, web developers where you're mm-hmm. they're managing multiple clients, you know what are the unique challenges when it comes to providing hosting for uh you know agencies where they've got like multiple accounts versus you know just regular run in the mill hosting
1: you know I think the the biggest challenge that we see is is just the um, you know need for for support right as, as kind of Jonathan was talking about that a lot of a lot of WordPress companies and a lot of hosting companies offer different types of support and and you know we've we've been around since 1997 and one of the things that we've we've really built uh, as a backbone of the company is is our support right we offer 24 by 7 by 365 phone email chat support uh, we're guaranteed to uh, answer the phone or a chat in under a minute Emails about th- with all of our clients, and it's not just one client. Um, it's not just the clients that are paying you know thousands of dollars a month. It's it's any client.
0: Yeah, it's very unique.
3: He's, just, he's slightly frozen. Close, oh, he's come back. He's coming back, folks. Oh. We've had a slight. He's frozen a little uh, bit.
1: Has he come? back?
3: <laughs> you need to repeat. Am I here now. Yes, he came back. AJ, you need to repeat what you just said. All right. Oh, he's frozen again a
1: little
3: bit. Oh well, uh, the... oh well, so there? She... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh dear, he's frozen a little bit. Um, well, I think what you're saying, and um, just to see if AJ gets his bandwidth back. You know, Google had out strikes again, folks. He, he seems to be moving around, but I'm going to say. Um, when J to support what AJ's um, been saying is what folks forget about, and um, is the you know is actual the quality of the support individual you're speaking to, um, you know, obviously that you know there there is going to be different levels of support individuals, and there will, you know you don't expect um, a, a support level one individual to have the knowledge of a top tier. But there are certain standards and I've had insane, I'm sure John and Jackie have had insane conversations with people that are totally script-based that really don't understand even the fundamentals of the products that they're selling and or supporting and it can be very frustrating and very time-wasting. Um, so, and also, um, you really, when you're... People tend on the cheap end, they tend to look at price and price is important, but um you know, I think when it's a bit like insurance, really, people tend to only look at the reality of the situation until they tend to go for the most cheapest insurance until they actually have to make a claim and they find out it's an awful experience and then they get a little bit more choosy. And I think it's the same with hosting. But support and how you are going to be supported should be a, a very big element of how you make uh, a judgment about price and value, really. What would you say? Um, hopefully, AJ's come back. Are you with us, AJ? You're bad with... It I think back? I think so. He's come back so. again. Yes. So, all right. So, would you agree with some of the uh, waffling statements I've just been made? Yeah, I,
1: I would. Agree. I would agree with that, and I think that that's that's why we've you know we've built the background backbone of Liquid Web on our support team. You know, we we don't have tier support. Uh, we've got 250 plus all uh, Red Hat Linux certified, so they're they're full on. Um, you know, system administrators that are going to be able to answer any type of question you have, um, on top of being able to answer WordPress-related questions. So, um, you know, we really, you know, that's that's the key for us uh, in being able to support all of these agencies that that we've kind of focused on, or these web professionals rather. Um, I don't want to lump everybody into an agency, um, but but being able to say anybody that's that's building websites for a living, um, you know, we we know that. Uh, the pain points you guys have are are running servers, and so that's that 's where we 've taken taken aim and and uh, have made sure that we 're able to support you uh, day or night
2: i 've got a point to make on that is I also think it's really important as my business is growing and i 'm working with larger clients that um, doing more complex products so uh, you know a multi site or a subdomain with a store and a main site and things like that. I think it's really helpful to have somebody to talk to when you're doing the pre-planning of laying out how you're going to do this. What do you need? You know, do you you want a wildcard SSL? You know, putting together the whole plan of how you're going to do it versus just getting support after you've tried to do it and didn't Mm -hmm. do it correctly. And you, you waste a lot of time. So I have like a client project I'm getting ready to start. And so, Ideally, for me, I want to be able to spend 15 minutes with somebody and say, "Okay, here's the scenario. This is what we need. Uh, What's the best way to do this? And what are are we going to need? How do I evaluate, you know, if if my host is charging for bandwidth, you know, how do I look at where we've been and measure that? Because a lot of that is very difficult. Um, for somebody like me to go digging around and finding out, okay, what's my actual cost for the hosting going to be? Because you want to be able to tell your client and you need to understand is your your host going to be charging for bandwidth or storage or both or number of visits. There are certain hosts that just charge Mm -hmm. for the number of visits. And these are all things that you need to do before you sign up and before you build it out so that you understand what, the costs are going to be. And then where do I go to access that information currently? If I'm moving a site over, how do I find out, well, what's all this information and how do I put it all together? And what is that gonna translate to for my client? And I think those are hurdles that make people in my space hesitant about changing and moving and doing things because we're not getting, we don't have a clear way to assess all of those values.
1: Yeah, those are those are excellent points, Jackie, and and uh, a lot of our our sales our, our sales team and our support team. Once you're a customer with us, are able to answer those questions for you.
3: Um, I'll think I think we should go to, um, to end this, um, the actual podcast, John, and then go on to our bonus content. How does that sound, John?
0: Yep. I think it's about that time. Remember, you can always find bonus content for each episode on the WP tonic website. Just find the corresponding uh, post for each episode and you will, you know, find that extra content uh, that happens after the podcast. Uh one thing I want to remind everybody of is if you're getting value from this show, we would greatly appreciate it. If you go to iTunes, leave us a detailed review that helps surface this podcast uh, a little bit more in the rankings and helps other people find this podcast as well. Uh, So remember five stars on iTunes. And uh, with that, let everybody uh, tell us where they can find them. AJ, how do we find you?
1: uh aj morris.me morris when that's available hopefully next couple of days uh at aj morris uh, on twitter and i think i'm trying to remember what facebook is uh link uh, i think it's mr aj morris if i remember right very good jackie how do we find you
2: you can find me at jackiedelia.com, and you can find me on twitter at jdelia.
0: Great. Jonathan, how do we find you? I'm um, easy to
3: find, folks. So easier to track down. Um, either you can email me at jonathan at wp tonic.com. And I do answer my email probably the following business day. Or you can get me on my personal, e- um, either on the WP tonic feed or the uh, my personal Twitter feed at Jonathan Denwood. Um, and uh, I normally answer that pretty quick as well, don't I, John?
0: yes you do and you can find me at my website which is lockdown design you can find me on my twitter if you dare it's lockdown underscore and you can also follow me on facebook it's facebook.com slash lockdown design and with that we're going to leave you be sure to tune in for our next episode we're going to be interviewing lee jackson lee jackson the wp innovator that should be interesting shouldn't it john It's going to be awesome. Okay, so be sure to tune in. All right. We'll see you. Adios. Bye. See ya.